Hi, Beth. Hi, Tyler. We're back again. Yeah. And it wasn't like a three-month delay. Look at that. Um, Improvement. Improvement, indeed. We're, um, yeah, I've, I really enjoyed the last time we did this. Um, Same. So I just want to keep doing it. I know. Well, I love talking with you anyway, so it's kind of fun to have... a document of it, and Uh, if if a dozen people like it, then that's good too, you know? Hopefully it's entertaining. Hopefully, yeah. And it gives good... I think this one will be one that gives really good insight into us. Yeah. And we're going to be vulnerable about some things. We are. Um... And we're yeah. drinking bourbon to kind of help with the <laughs> vulnerability. Yeah, to help to yeah get that vulnerability out, uh, open ourselves up a little. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I thought we'd uh, talk about a feeling that's been bothering me lately. Yeah. Um, anger. Um, mm. Anyone that knows me or knows my story um, knows that I've struggled with anger my whole life. Um, and it's related to my mental illnesses, it's related to some of my trauma, it's blah, 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 right? Um, we know this. Um, we've had a situation. Um, and, well, anyways, I should say, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Like, I've been feeling pretty, like, feeling very centered and calm and yeah. approaching things openly and um, more rationally. Um, but I still uh, I struggle with... the. My, the way I always describe my anger is it never matches. It's not an appropriate response. Yeah. Like there, there's like time, like my mom would always be like, you're right, Tyler, but you went too far or it got, it escalated too. It's big. like an oversized reaction. Oversized to... reaction. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've struggled with. I mean, to the point of having rage attacks and blackouts mm-hmm. from just, my brain just shuts off from being so angry. Yeah. But my body keeps going, which is terrifying. Sure. Um, and, yeah. But, um, we so we had a situation this week where we're dealing with um, an unruly neighbor, yeah. I guess we could say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he forced the issue so much and brought on so much anger in the both of us that we had to... Um, get the authorities involved, which we don't like to do and we would never want to do. Yeah, we'd much prefer to handle it between us, but yeah, and it we reached tried. a point that <laughs> and it wouldn't work. So. Yeah, and so, I, so, but it got me thinking, what does our anger look like? Mm-hmm. And what is what do we wish it looked like? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, so mine is like in its worst state is that um, rage attacky, anger blackout, kind of just over the top, loud, visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you had warned me when we started dating that <laughs> yeah. you have that cap- maybe not to the extent of mine, and mm-hmm. it lo- and it looks differently because of who we are and socialization, all that all stuff. That, yeah. yeah, but um, you had warned me, and a year in, I haven't seen it. No, so. I asked you before we pushed record yeah. if we could talk about that. Um, what What is that side of yourself that you you try to hold in look like? Um, I think I'm terrified of it is mm-hmm. why. And, yeah. and I think that's the case with a lot of people. Like I'm not unique in any way. Um, and so I have learned to... Um, it's probably several pronged approach and I'm actually talking about this with my therapist too, trying to figure it out. But one aspect is I grew up not thinking, thinking I wasn't allowed to be angry. Like angry was a bad emotion. And if I was angry, I was doing something wrong or I always had to look and see, okay, why am I angry? And what have I done to bring it about? Kind of. And so um, I've kind of learned to stuff it down or like replace it or automatically move to this sense of compassion, even if it's almost fake compassion, because I felt like I couldn't express anger. Because it's what you thought you were supposed to do. Yeah. I, I still don't think I know how to express anger healthily. It's really hard. It is. I, I'm learning and I'm trying and it's, yeah. Um, my dad, um, growing up, would go on these almost rage attacks where really? he, um, if something didn't, 
if something wasn't working out how he thought it was or if he was already in a bad mood and something didn't, mm-hmm. um, like, a lot of times if Keith and I were being annoying or, like, mm-hmm. like bugging him or, yeah. like, being kids, you know? Yeah. But he didn't have the words or the... Um, tools. Tools, thank you. Yeah. How to deal with that frustration. Yeah. And so he would lash out and just go on rampages. And, yeah. like, we would just kind of wait and... You do whatever you could to appease him, and mm-hmm. then once he calmed down, we, he would apologize. And it was never anything. It, he really didn't have the tools. Yeah, like, it was you because your dad's not like a raging alcoholic. No, he's not like, a, and we're not in any way saying he's a bad guy. No, and but he had these moments where he didn't have the tools. Yeah, and you saw that. Yeah, and then now you didn't have I, the tools. I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so when I read, I can shove it down to a point, but once I reach the point where I am just frustrated or I feel put upon or I feel like something is unjust, especially, uh-huh. is where I kind of go um, over the top and I just lash. Like, I just yell and just, like... You kind of um, mimicking some of that behavior that you saw? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, too, is... Um, I've wondered if dad and I are kind of neurodivergent in a way where we just relate to things differently. And when we have uncomfortable sensations and we don't know how to deal with it, mm-hmm. like it just, it comes out as these like over oversized reactions yeah. is it. So, um, I don't know. There's a lot, like I'm not diagnosed and I don't know, but just reading right. some experiences, that's kind of how I, I understand it right now. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, it's it's strange to to so I saw my dad stuff things. It was all mm. it was never it was never got talked about cuz he was responding to his father who was a raging alcoholic, yeah. abusive shit He had a horrible <laughs> horrible childhood, yeah. And so then he didn't want to be like that. Right. Well, so then but then I have this temperament where I am like my grandfather, mm-hmm. well then, how, how do you, no one's teaching me, no one taught me, I was the same way, it was stop acting like a little redneck, yeah. stop, stop throwing a fit, mm-hmm. and it was just like, I don't know what's happening inside my body, yeah. um, if, it, it felt, it, it was like, it was like emotional diarrhea, yeah, <laughs> that's like, a, a very vivid and very good description, <laughs> where you're like, and if someone was like, stop shitting all over the house, it's like, I, I can't help it. I'm just trying to find a bathroom. Right, you know, right. Get me a towel. Or like, yeah. I'm trying to find an appropriate way to take care of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I've learned, you know, um, to be direct. Mm-hmm. I learned, I did that with this neighbor. I've done other situations recently. Like, that's not cool. I don't like that. And then remove myself from the situation is I because I I always when I'm really good at diffusing situations when I'm not involved in the situation. Uh-huh. If I walk up on two guys fighting on the street, mm-hmm. I can stand in between them. Hey, let's figure this out. Yeah, like let's just go our separate way. You know, take a breath. I can do all that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm one of the two guys, yeah, I have to just leave. It's hard. Yeah, and I think a lot of people. But we think there's some defeat in leaving. Mm. There's an ego. There's an ego like mm-hmm. you've won if yeah. I leave. Mm-hmm. No, I've won if yeah. I leave. Like yeah. it is not about winning, honestly. No. It. But it's the the leaving the situation has was a huge thing for me because I used to be direct and then I would just sit there mm. and then it stays combative. Yeah, you and have that like, energy you that just go. yeah. You've almost got to diffuse that energy. And then if I'm getting toward, if I'm getting towards that rage attacky, like if I can catch it, um, which luckily doesn't happen too much anymore because of my um, medication, which I appreciate. But um, yeah. I can just kind of I I've taught myself how to shut down, mm-hmm. and I like the other day I just had had it with mm-hmm. the situation, and I just shut down for like a whole day. Yeah. But I I know how to do it. I know how to do it safe, and stay. Uh, I didn't fall into depression. I didn't, um, I didn't have suicidal ideations. No. Um, I didn't have any blackouts. Um, yeah. So that, so what is, what is healthy anger? What have you learned? What does healthy anger look like for you now? 
I think I'm still struggling with it because even with the situation I was telling you, I understand the issue and the need to be firm and direct, but mm. I struggle with that so much. Yeah. And being able to voice that, both saying, okay, I need this separation or I need this to change as opposed to taking it on myself and saying, oh, well, I need to accommodate you and make sure that you yeah. are. So I don't know that I know. I think being direct is important, um, or at least it, maybe not necessarily direct, because even that feels very strong yeah. and painful. Yeah. Um, but at least being able to communicate, okay, this is not okay with me, or I am concerned about this, yeah. or I, th- I can't remember what I texted you, but like it's my responsibility to let you or anyone else know when something's not working for me mm-hmm. or when something's hurting me. Yeah. Like that's my kind of level of. Maybe it's anger, maybe it's just like a boundary, but... um, With any sort of icky feeling. Yeah, I think so. That's a good approach. One of the things that I've noticed, and it's something you haven't really had before in this way, is um, I I feel like you get a lot of your anger out with me, Mm -hmm. and not not in like a, you're getting mad, you take it out on me, but in a, um, something happens with a friend... Mm-hmm. or at work or something, and you come and you vent mm-hmm. and you process mm-hmm. and you let me, and I, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, to, and that's what you need that homie sometimes. Yeah. Who's just like, who's it's like just a like, anger hype man kind of, yeah, but like in a but healthy like, way. <laughs> yeah, we're in a closed situation. It's not directed to people. No. But like, this is what, this is all that bugged me. That you bu- just got to get then, it out. And then it's over. And, and then you're like, because it happened with a friend recently, and you we processed it, we vented, and then you were like, I don't think I need to talk to, I don't think it's actually that big a deal, I just needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And much better that than turning it on them right. right away, which is my problem. I have, I go from zero to 60, mm-hmm. and it's that, it's that, I got a loose nut or something, <laughs> it's like, it goes. Um, so... Um, but yeah, and then I was also, and you can be completely honest, I was curious about your reaction to my anger. Mm-hmm. Does it scare you? Like when you see me get upset with our neighbor, when, you, when you've um, seen other, you've seen a, I think you've seen one, like, rage attack um, that I know of. Two. Two? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so what is that experience like? Because it's ran off multiple very strong, wonderful people um, as friends and as partners. So um, I'm doing better and I'm, I'm working. Are, but yeah. I want to be honest. I, I know yeah. that this is hard on you sometimes. Yeah. Um, and can be uneasy. Yeah. I think the hardest part is knowing knowing you and knowing that it's an illness. Like I have to keep that in mind. Keep That's, separate? Yes. Because... In the moment, I can be very scared because I'm not, it's more that I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I don't escalate this more. Um, So that's probably my biggest fear is trying to diffuse, kind of step between, like you said, and how can we bring this back down? And sometimes that's not possible and you just have to kind of handle it yourself and I leave you alone and then I come back and check in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Well, I was thinking what was interesting about that, what you said is um, you're, Concern, you don't know where it's going to go, mm-hmm. and it feels out of your control, mm-hmm. which is exactly how I feel mm-hmm. in the same situation. Yeah. So we are having the same ex- experience. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are in control, and we're both at the whim of this flailing 230-pound yeah. male body. Yeah. Um, and, like, and that makes it sound more, <laughs> flailing makes it sound more violent than... No. Um, no, but, I, yeah. Um, I think that's interesting because I honestly, I, I know that it's not your choice to react like that. Like it's, yeah. it's a biological chemical like yeah. reaction that it ha- you have no control over really. Once it happens. It's done. The, it's, the trick is I do have control mm-hmm. leading up to it mm-hmm. and it's about, okay, uh, being aware, being mindful mm. and, um, of like, oh, I better, you better go talk to the neighbor instead mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. Like. Ooh, you know, like yeah, or 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 that like someone's acting a certain way and it's quickly bubbling my blood, and I just say like, hey, 
can you not speak to me like that? Like, um, and hopefully that does it, you know, and just in trying to get ahead of it. You know? Yeah, and you are very good at that Thank and you. very good at communicating that too, which Thank I you. really appreciate. What um, I hope by being honest on a, pl- on a platform like this in a way like this, even mm-hmm. for the few people that listen to this um, or anyone that ever wants to, to like psychoanalyze me, like, um, <laughs> I hope by talking about it, it'll make it, it's, it's not, it, it's, the anger is like the bastardized it's like a bastard of an emotion like Mm -hmm. it's been like well that one's over here Mm -hmm. like we're really good with sadness now because of all um depression awareness and all that which is great yeah um you know um all all that you know we're getting better uh, all the negative emotions but we still haven't figured out anger and i think it's the fear factor Mm -hmm. i think it's the scare i think it's the it's That's scary because yeah. if you're sad or if I'm depressed on the couch, mm-hmm. you're like you're a little worried about my safety, mm-hmm. but you're not worried about your safety. You're not what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Those aren't concerns. Yeah. But with anger is that it's it's loose, it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. Yeah, that's. Um, I think yeah, a lot of people don't know how to deal with that and that unpredictability. Especially because that unpredictability can also often be accompanied by violence in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it has been with me. Yeah. I touched the mic, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but, and it has been, and I admit that. And mm. um, I'm ashamed of that. But, um, but I'm putting my efforts into those moments and making sure it never happens again. Yeah. yeah. And I, I see that work yeah. every day. So I, I appreciate that, and I know that's hard work, too. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, a lot of my thinking about anger was radically uh, enlightened by this poem by um, David White. Mm. Um, and he, he's a really interesting poet. He's, he found, I found his work through um, Sam Harris's Waking Up Meditation app, which has been very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a section on there where David reads poems from this book this is a book called consolations uh, and the subtitle is the soulless nourishment and underlining meaning of everyday words Mm -hmm. and he just takes um everyday words like ambition memory procrastination and does these like meditative Hmm. um poems about them but he has one on anger in this book okay um and so i was just going to read it to you please do um Anger is the deepest form of care for another, for the world, for the self, for a life, for the body, for a family, and for all our ideals, all vulnerable and all possibly about to be hurt. Stripped of physical imprisonment and violent reaction, anger points towards the purest form of compassion. The internal living flame of anger always illuminates what we belong to, what we wish to protect, mm. and those things for which we are willing to hazard and even imperil ourselves. Mm. What we usually call anger is only what is left of its essence when we are overwhelmed by its accompanying vulnerability. When it reaches the lost surface of our mind or our body's incapacity to hold it. Or when it touches the limits of our understanding. Mm. What we name as anger is actually only the incoherent physical incapacity to sustain this deep form of care in our outer daily life. The unwillingness to be large enough and generous enough to hold what we love helplessly in our bodies or our minds with the clarity and breath of our whole being. What we have named as anger on the surface is the violent outer response to our own inner powerlessness. Mm. A powerlessness connected to such a profound sense of rawness and care that it can find no proper outer body or identity or voice or way of life to hold it. What we call anger is often simply the unwillingness to live the full measure of our fears or of our not knowing in the face of our love for a wife in the depth of our caring for a son and our wanting the best in the face of simply being alive and loving those with whom we live. Our anger breaks to the surface most often through our feeling there is something profoundly wrong with this powerlessness and vulnerability. 
Anger too often finds its voice strangely through our incoherence and through our inability to speak. But anger in its pure state is the measure of the way we are implicated in the world and made vulnerable through love in all its spe specifics. A daughter, a house, a family, an enterprise, a land, or a colleague. Anger turns to violence and violent speech when the mind refuses to countenance the vulnerability of the body and its love for all these outer things. We are often abused or have been abused by those who love us but have no vehicle to carry its understanding or who have no outer emblems of their inner care or even their own wanting to be wanted. Lacking any outer vehicle for the expression of this inner rawness, they are simply overwhelmed by the elemental nature of love's vulnerability. In their helplessness, they turn their violence on the very people who are the outer representation of this inner lack of control. But anger truly felt at its center is the essential living flame of being fully alive and fully here. It is a quality to be followed to its source, to be prized, to be tended, and an invitation to finding a way to bring that source fully into the world through making the mind clearer and more generous, the heart more compassionate, and the body larger and strong enough to hold it. What we call anger on the surface only serves to define its true underlying quality by being a complete but absolute mere opposite of its true internal essence. Wow. I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to read it in its full uh, fullness because um, I just, I learn so much. Um, I'm tearing up just thinking of that, just rereading that part about um, when he tries to reclaim anger. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this one thing that comes from such a great source of care and love. Mm -hmm. And then it's the manifestation of it is so ugly and difficult. Mm. But but he's reminding us to of the source mm -hmm. and to be and to prize that source and mm -hmm. to really hold that source. Um that was really important. And then also I was um the word um incoherence comes up a couple times. Mm. Um and powerlessness and I think that um, the violent outer response to our own inner powerlessness, mm, yeah. right? Um, the incoherent physical incapacities to sustain this deep form of care in our outer daily life. Mm. Um, there's an incoherence to it that when people have told me in the past when I get angry that I... Um, when I especially when I have like rage attacks, I'm sl I slur my words, mm -hmm. even when I like, and when we say, I guess I should make it clear. When I say blackouts and I talk about slurring words, we're not talking about drinking. No, it's um, it's completely separate of that, and mm -hmm. it usually only happens. It's never really happened when I've been drinking. It no. really only happens when I'm not drinking, and um, and that's its own other episode. <laughs> but um, you know, I slur my words. I do almost get drunk though, like like I almost have like a drunk type reaction. Mm -hmm. um, I'm confused easily. I don't know what's going on. Like it's that incoherence yeah. coming out mm -hmm. when it happens in the inside and it comes out, and it can't match with the outer, what we want to project on the outer. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I talked a lot. No, I appreciate it. It definitely reflected some of what you had said about. Um, that lack of control and um, the part you read about the, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just lost it. But That's it, okay. It was, um, what was the line you last read? Um, the incoherent physical incapacities to sustain this deep form of care in our outer life. Mm -hmm. So um, as you read that the first time, it mm -hmm. made me think um, something that I would say, like, def I don't know if defines you, but... Something I would use to describe you is your deep sense of community and wanting to give back and mm -hmm. wanting to be a part of. And so I could, I see like that heart also comes across through that anger too mm -hmm. and that sense of, um, I guess, care. Yeah. Um, well, my ex-wife would tell me that like, she's like, the reason you're mad mm -hmm. is, is right, is like, is justified. We're going to take a quick Ginny break. She's, she's barking. Ginny, bye.
We're okay. Stop. Come here. Thank you all for taking this Ginny break with us. This episode's brought to you by Ginny Bug, our favorite dog in the, the house. Best pup. Um, we're good. Thank you for protecting us. She's um, the best uh, heater for bedtime. You're okay. Um, yeah. And so... Well, thank you, yeah. And, but anyways, my, my ex-wife used to say, like, you weren't wrong about why you got mad. Mm-hmm. You were wrong about how, how it escalated. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that whole thing, like, how do we stay on that sort, how do we stay in that, in that true essence mm-hmm. of that, that, which is coming out of care and fear? Mm-hmm. How do we resolve that? Yeah. And staying in that moment and not escalating. And yeah. that's what my... Disorders make hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, maybe I wonder if you'd find this to be true, but it, it, to me, it looks almost like everyone has these, ang- this anger, right? Or this uh-huh. sense of anger. But your, um, disorders or illnesses yeah. make it hard to control maybe the volume of mm-hmm. it in a way. And, like, it's almost like it has a surge. And yeah. so it just automatically goes to 11, whereas yeah. most people can kind of modulate it or, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Pete Holmes, uh, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit during the recommendations, um, he talked about, he's like, he wondered if, if quote-unquote, crazy people, mm. he said, we're all talking to ourselves in our head all the time, right? We all have this voice in our head. He's like, is the voice just louder mm. for for people who are quote unquote mm-hmm. crazy? The guy you hear yelling on the street mm. is that guy's voice. The voice in his head just louder and more unruly. Yeah, and because you have it, you walk, but you hear that voice and you're not. You don't talk back to that voice and you don't mm-hmm. repeat what that voice says and you don't, and you are deciphering. But but sometimes it feels like like it's just louder in my head. Yeah. Sometimes it, like. You might have the feeling uh, you should throw that chair across the room, right? Mm-hmm. And But it's like a little inkling and it drips out and you, like, you're like you like, that's crazy. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then mine's just like, throw that chair across the room. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's like, ah, what? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's where that incoherence comes from. Then it gets very loud and yeah. panicky. Um, that's the best way I can describe That's, yeah. Uh, anytime you've had... Um, even if it's not a full rage attack, but you've mm-hmm. been getting flustered. Um, yeah, flustered is a really good word for it. But you talk about your head feels like it's on fire, and mm-hmm. um, that, which sounds very painful and very <laughs> difficult to yeah. manage. And then trying to manage emotions on top of that, I can't. Yeah, that's a lot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it sounds like it's um, it's like a physical sensation, it's emotional sensations, yeah. like it's all coming out, which is a lot to balance, I would think. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for understanding. Yeah, babe. Uh, or trying to understand. Um, you have something for us to try to understand for your science lesson. <laughs> that was a great segue. Look at that. I love segues. Nice. That's good. So I'm just going to do a quick one. I was, um, we were talking about this on our drive back from my parents' house, and I was struggling to come up with anything science-y I've read recently. So um, the thing that stuck with me was um, last week there was a really cool lunar eclipse that was um, called the Blood Red Moon Lunar Eclipse. Um, and um, it has to do with where the moon is and the sun is, and I don't remember why it's red, but it was supposed to be like one of those things you only see once every 25 years or something like yeah. that. So it got me thinking that there's a solar eclipse coming in 2024, April 8th, 2024, and um, it's going to come through Indianapolis. So for all of our folks who um, are listening from the Indy yeah. area, it's going to be a, um, a totality. And so that means, like, it's going to go completely dark for a good minute or two. It's going to feel like nighttime, basically. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. The last time, like, I had my glasses. I was sitting outside. I was ready to see it. Well, you and got a year and a half to be excited. <laughs> I am prepped and ready. I'm going to start collecting stuff. I'm going to be spreading the word. But I'm very excited about it. So... Um, just mark your calendar for a year and a half from now. So this is this is stupid. Uh, a stupid question. And of course I don't mean that. This is a, just a question I don't know the answer to. There you go. So an eclipse is the moon going in front of the sun? Mm-hmm. Between it, the earth and the sun. 
Yeah, between the Earth and the Sun, the moon comes. Mm -hmm. So it's blocking out, and you just see like the sun kind of around, flaring behind it. That's called the around. corona, right? Okay. Okay. And cool. then the other one is the Earth comes between the sun and the moon. So when we see the moon, I think, this is the one I always have to look up. And oh, and the, so this, the moon looks red uh -huh. because the sun's shining around it? Maybe. That one I'm not quite sure about. All um, right, look it up. I will. I'll, I'll, <laughs> not you. I mean, <laughs> someone I'm else. I'm like, here, okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> no, um, we have more things to talk about. Um, do you think anyone, they should... Uh, a brewery should have made a blood red moon IPA. Ooh. Uh, like a blood orange type yeah. IPA. Called the blood red moon IPA for and done a special release on the day of this. The lunar eclipse. It always catches me off guard. So I wonder if most people like just don't know it's coming except for NASA and I know. This is But what, I love this. Free idea to any brewers out that's there. That's right, that's right. Colt, if you're listening, <laughs> I'll find the next one. I feel like we one. shout out to Colt every episode. Because Colt is awesome. Uh, that's funny. Um he's probably done listening at this point. Um, after we talked about God. Um, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, let's see. So our game that we play called mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, the question I picked out for today, um, was if you were to write a letter of recommendation for me, what traits would you highlight? Nice. So I have something to say about this first, because I have to write letters of recommendations for some of my students. Yeah. And, um, I find that I want to highlight their soft skills, like their compassion or their sense of um, work ethic and things like that. Yeah. And there's actually, um, there was a, um, a, a, a little mini article written about how um, it's frowned upon to use those because they're more feminine type qualities. And so you want the very analytical, logical, very like strong, um, decisive qualities in letters of recommendation or those are the ones that get the most responses mm. um and so um interesting i um i would just like to say that that's annoying because i think <laughs> all those qualities are very important but um it's this we always teach this in lab that the soft skills are what set you apart so like anybody can learn how to um do a certain skill but it's really understanding like what how you're interacting with your patient or what yeah. they really need. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need this ointment, but they also need someone to say, "Hey, this sounds concerning. I didn't realize that you were having this trouble breathing or something like yeah, that." That yeah. leads to something else. So, um anyway, that's really off topic, but for you specifically, I would yeah. um Well, can I see something there? Yeah, please. Yeah, my buddy uh, Clark, who is a doctor, who's a neurologist, but who went through med school and all that, he was talking about how there is a shift, actually, in med school where it used to, the people in med school were the brainiacs who could just shove all the information mm -hmm. in their head, mm -hmm. but now they don't have to because they have these resources, so now you need people who are more resourceful, who can think on their own, who have good bedside manner, Yeah. Um, so maybe some of those more soft skills. Yeah. Um, are be because of technology, are becoming, uh, there's making room for it. That's great. Well. That's I, encouraging. At yeah. least that's kind of the the what I got from him about med school. Well, good. So, uh, that's encouraging because I I personally would much rather have a doctor who can yeah think on their feet and empathize, look something up, empathize, empathize, and, yeah, and listen, uh -huh. and, um. Yeah, and not just be like a walking encyclopedia. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, so, anyways, you were about to compliment. Me. I was. <laughs> um, so I would definitely talk about talking. What we mentioned earlier was your sense of community and your sense of um, service, which I think falls under those soft skills, which is why I went on my rant earlier. But um, <laughs> it's so important, and it's one of the things that I think first drew me to you. Um, as a friend and as a partner, like mm -hmm. knowing that you had this sense of self, but also this sense of wanting to give back. Um, it's, it's, um, very admirable. So I would say that you are very, um, and in, in that same line, compassion, um, because you have been through a lot, Thank um, you. and experienced a lot. So your ability to empathize is, I feel like off the charts, um, and, your ability to organize is very annoying <laughs> and also very good. Like 
I'm sitting next to a pile of things that I need to go through because you organized our office, which looks amazing, minus my boxes of crap well, that I well, don't know. What's funny, too, is so there's like six boxes of stuff that she needs to go through and from the office. And so I brought them downstairs and put them like in the middle of the living room so mm -hmm. that when we're watching TV, she can go through them and I can help her go through them and all that. Um, and <laughs> my friend Kurt was like, well, that's passive aggressive. And I said, I'm pretty sure that's aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> um, it was very decisive, very direct. How's yeah, that? like, yeah, like we. This needs to be taken care of. And I also knew that we're having a holiday party in a month. Mm -hmm. So then that this has to be done. It'll before. have to be done. I'm just, I'm resourceful. You're resourceful. You're looking out for um, me and the people of the party. Well, thank you very much. Um, those, I will accept all those compliments. <laughs> um so the three that I kind of came up with for you are um kindness, hard working and loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um it was one of the first things I noticed about you when we got um when we got to know each other is all your friendships are like decade or longer yeah. decades old yeah. as for some, you know, like still friend my best friend is still my friend from, um, what, you know, your best friend is still your friend from when you were in middle school or whatever. Yeah. And, like, th have those kind of things. And then your jobs are also that way. Um, yeah. Like, you've had, you've been at, at the school you teach at for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. You've been at the hospital you work at for over a decade. Um, and, and I think that's such a rarity. Mm nowadays used to like our parents generation everyone had one job mm -hmm. and or, were... or at least one career path mm -hmm. um but now everyone's dipping in and out and trying new things going back to school and yeah you know, all, all this stuff and which has its good qualities but there's something to be said of this loyalty and this um mm -hmm. stick uh stick with itness <laughs> um and so i was and that's just a really good sign for a relationship mm -hmm. i know this is a recommendation for a job and but it kind of said, I kind of, I kind of was thinking of it if I was recommending to your next boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I know that what I, I knew the, I knew the assignment and I didn't do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that is a really good sign. And, um, yeah. And yeah, that loyalty. And that's what, and it goes to the back to the hardworking thing is I'm amazed as someone who can't hold a job and who's just um is so whose mental health is so precarious based on my daily routine mm -hmm. um your ability even with your mental health struggles um to get up every day and go to your job even when you're tired even when you don't feel good even when you're a little depressed um is incredible I watched you work night shift at a hospital over the summer I see you every day go to the university it's just incredible Aww. um i i'm i'm baffled by all these people just going to work every day like what <laughs> it's not because i don't want to i'm hard working yeah, you are but i <laughs> but it's it doesn't fit um and so i'm just amazed by that um and then the kindness is just it's very obvious if to anyone that listens to this but you're just so um warm and open Aww. um and I'm a sensitive little soft boy, and I need that. <laughs> I need that. Um, and I just think that's great. And I think whether I'm recommending you for a job or for your next boyfriend, um, they would be uh, very lucky to have you. Aww. Thanks. For sure. He's very kind and sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Did you think, we didn't really talk about it, but did you think of anything for More Rex, More Rex for a recommendation? Um... I didn't. Um, you want to talk about the show we've been watching? I was just actually, that was going through my brain. That's so funny. Yeah. So we've been watching Broad City, which has been really fun. Um, I. What's your elevator? If you're like, you're right. telling your buddy at work, we watch the show Broad City. Because uh -huh. to me, it it's kind of like um, the hipster female uh, Seinfeld. It's like. Okay. It's like of like. The 2020s, uh -huh. or the, whenever it was out, 2010s. 10s, yeah. Um, it, it feels like a show about nothing. Yeah. Um, in that way. 
but it's like more liberal and hip and yeah and uh yeah i think that's a very good description i actually i tried to give this to my give this elevator pitch to my friend this morning and i failed miserably so i'm gonna try and do better this time and um i'll just relay it to her later but i was thinking as you were describing that um i feel like it is it feels very surrealist in that it comments on absurdity like the absurdities of life and the absurdities of living in a big city and the absurdities of friendship and how um I mean, it touches on everything from relationships to friendships to roommate boyfriends who live in that don't <laughs> um, even pay rent. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it's just this constant sense of like life is coming at them um, and how they adapt to it and how they take it. I think uh-huh. um, I don't know. That still doesn't encompass it. Like it's so frustrating because I don't feel like it. I can encompass it in that. But I love that it, it feels like it's improv too. Um, like you can the, tell their improv background. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels real life in that it's not these scripted soliloquies that you are giving to your friend and everybody is sitting around listening with like rapt attention or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just, yeah, it feels weird. They talk over each other. They yell at each other. They mm-hmm. like say ridiculous stuff and they're like, nope, I didn't mean that type thing. Yeah. It's like people really talk like this mm-hmm. where like you watch some shows Gilmore Girls. Um, I'm, ta- I'm looking at you. I just pictured Gilmore Girls up in the air and I was looking at it. Um, is that way where it's like, no one talks like that. No, no one talks as fast and everything's a little one-liner and a quip. And, no. Um, Pop culture references? Holy smokes. Like, yeah. Gilmore Girls is bonkers. Yeah, but like, Broad City is like, there's like a scene where they're just on the toilet like, mm-hmm facetiming each other and mm-hmm. like and talking about masturbation like and like you know and like yeah and it's like this is how people talk <laughs> like, yeah this is, which is why it's so real that it's like surreal it's mm-hmm. absurd right because mm-hmm. it's just so like ugh. yeah that's a good yeah um, i like that sorry I, I haven't been talking too much no i appreciate um, it it's a back and forth no it's okay <laughs> um mine was i wanted to finally profess my love Publicly for Pete Holmes. <laughs> um, Pete Holmes is the number one person on my list of... I'm not a celebrity person. Mm. I don't get really excited about celebrities. I don't get autographed. I, I quit getting even my favorite poets to sign my books years ago. Okay. Um, like, uh, we saw Alice Notley the other day read. who's a poet I've loved for a long time. And I like... You're like, you're going to take a book? And I was like, nah. You know, I just don't get that excited about But Pete has crafted this public persona and that I think is pretty genuine. Mm-hmm. And he's... I always try to... I was talking to my therapist about this the other day. About anytime I'm in a group, uh, like I join a new disc golf club. Mm-hmm. Or I join... I joined like this Buddhist sangha a while ago. Like... Um, anytime I join, like, a group like that, I kind of, like, look at, like, certain people that are, like, maybe 10, 15 years older than me. Okay. And I'm like, that person seems to have similar values to me, carries themselves the way that I want to carry myself, are the kind of person that I would want to be in this group. Okay. In 10 years. Like, kind of giving me, like, a, a template. Yeah. That's helpful for me as someone with borderline personality who's whose personality feels fragmented and mm. the self feels kind of empty okay. sometimes. Um, and Pete is one of those that, it, like, out in the world, that I'm like, that is the kind of person that podcasting, mm-hmm. you know, we basically ripped this off of him and his wife Valerie's <laughs> uh, We Made It Weird on their You Made It Weird podcast, on his You Made It Weird podcast. Um, their Friday episodes where they sit down and have an hour-long chat about their relationship, about things they're reading. and not, Yeah. Like, so, um, I full hit admit that, um, and just, yeah, and the, the, the way he approaches life with curiosity, um, and he, and, and he approaches life with curiosity and playfulness mm. and charm, and that's how I want to, that's how I hope to, mm. and I hope that I do, and I try to, and so what's really helpful for me, when I'm feeling depressed, it empties me out. And when I'm feeling manic or 
flustered. Mm-hmm. It turns me um, away from my values. Mm-hmm. And so Pete fills me back up with his, like, listen to his podcast, um, listen to him on other podcasts, listen to his stand-up specials, um, watching his monologues from the Pete Holmes show. All these things fill me back up, and they refocus me um, on the kind of thoughts and feelings I want to have. Mm. You know, it really is true. It What you put in mm. is what comes out. Yeah. So if you're putting in negative energy, if mm. you're putting in... But, so... I want what comes out to be more like what Pete, mm-hmm. how Pete behaves. Yeah. And so, so it really feels like, like today, last couple of days have been very uh, on edge, sensitive, um, and have been dealing with the kind of empty feeling. And I've been just listen. I've listened to several of Pete's older episodes of his podcast, um, and it really um, just reinvigorated me to be a. A fun-loving, yeah. fun guy out uh, in the world, you know? I love that. Yeah. So I highly recommend, if you have HBO Max, watch Crashing, mm-hmm. um, his TV show. Um, if Go on YouTube and check out the monologues from the Pete Holmes show. They're amazing. Those are um, really good. And You Made It Weird is my favorite podcast of all time. So, yeah. Anything to add to that? Um... Okay. I no, I um I actually I have not listened to much Pete, but I've really enjoyed crashing and um I love it. He has this uncanny ability to be earnest and funny at the same time, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of comedians can't find that balance. Like yeah. they either have to do the hard edge or they are um it's just it goes too far the other way and is um yeah. like silly almost. And yeah. he has a good balance of it's silly, but it's also thoughtful and very um, present, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I've appreciated, too. He was um, a Christian, I think, yep. growing up or and um, yep. into his early 20s. And then his transition, or that sounds different than what I meant, his um, change and learning like what he believes and how um, he approaches the world is shown some in that crashing. Yeah. Um, but he talks about it too and just how he's so curious and wants to know more. And he loves interviewing everyone from mm-hmm. um, uh, Richard Rohr yep. to um, other um, what comedians. Com- comedians to other, what's the other spiritual leaders? Did he interview Ram Dass? Uh, he never got to interview Ram Dass, but okay. um, not on uh, You Made It Weird. But, um, like, he, Mirabai Star, Tara Brock, mm-hmm. who I love, has been on there. Yes, um, we listened to that one recently. And Jack Cornfield's been on there. Okay. It's a lot of really great Buddhist teachers. And Rob Bell has been yes. on there. Yes, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, all the comedians, David Bazan's been on, Phoebe Bridgers has been on there. Mm-hmm. Just so, but he just wants to talk to people about the thing. His book was called Comedy Sex God, which mm-hmm. is obviously a funny joke of, because everyone would always ask him, are you a comedy sex guy? <laughs> but it's like the three things he likes to talk about uh-huh. are comedy, sex, and God. Nice. Because, um, yeah, and it's that you go out and you live life and you get together with people and you talk about it. Yeah. And that's how I feel. That That's his whole M.O. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how I feel. You that's your out, sweet spot. You fall down. Yeah. You get dirty. Things get mucky. And you come and sit down with someone that you care about and you talk about it. Yeah. And you talk it out. I love it. Um, so may we all do that more. I like that. Um, anyways, let's end with the gratitude and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are you grateful for? Oh, thank you. Um, I've been feeling very grateful um, that I have the money, the energy, and the time, all three of them, to do fun, fulfilling things. Mm-hmm. So many people don't have all those things met Mm -hmm. so that they can just enjoy going out to eat with their friends they you know and sometimes it's because they have kids sometimes it's because they don't have the money but be able to go to see concerts or go um even just to go hang out and play games with a friend we just have the capability to do that and i don't ever want to lose sight of the great the gratitude of that that Mm. the privilege of that that's amazing, um, yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Oh, that's great. What about you? Um, I, I feel like I'm grateful for a lot of things. Um, 
I'm grateful. That's good. That's healthy. That is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just trying to think through my head. Okay. What do I want to say? Like, I'm grateful. I really enjoyed the church service we went to yesterday and those, mm-hmm. the, it's message, I think, and not called a sermon, but, um, the idea of bringing back, um, this idea of, um, gratefulness and also of community and how, um, the pilgrim story has kind of gotten morphed from this sense of like pilgrims are, um, welcomed by the Indians and everyone got along, everyone's but it, buddies, it, yeah. it, it may not um, be quite that. And so just um, that people are willing to recognize that the stories are told by the winners essentially. And yeah. so um, that there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of um, death that's um, happened because of people's mm-hmm. choices yeah. 400 years ago and continue on today. Um, so, but I'm grateful that we're learning about that and that we're approaching that. Um, but I'm also grateful for fiction. <laughs> that's, that's the segue. Um, I don't have your gift of segue. Um, but um, I've gotten to read a couple really good books. And I forgot how much I love just getting lost in books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the kid who would much rather read a babysitter's club on the couch than go play outside. Yeah. Like you would find me with a book always, no matter where I was. Um, and so I'm kind of getting back to that. My good friend Ash has been giving me lots of book recommendations and we've been kind of talking about what we like reading. So it's just fun. I really enjoy it. And you've been recommending poetry, which is out far outside of what my norm is, but it's been really fun to discover what I like and that it doesn't have to be a dissection. It can be just the drifting enjoy. feeling. Yeah. yeah. That we it's talked a, about last time. Exactly. It's yeah. a good, good thing. So. Well, good. Well, thank you for being here with me. Aw, I wouldn't be, rather be anywhere else. And if you're listening, thank you for being here. Yes, um, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.